Hey, Dave. Hey, Matt. Remember that time we were on Who Charted? I will never forget it. It's one of the best podcasts of all time. I legitimately love it. It's I think a, it's so funny. a flagship here in the Earwolf family. It's really true. It's a legacy podcast, isn't it? It's a legacy podcast, yeah. uh, and it's hosted by Howard Kramer and Kulap Vlysak, uh, who's one of my best friends. Oh, my God. They are two of the funniest people in the world, and they're so great together. If you don't know the show, they dive into the music and movie charts. So yep. it's, it's timely. It's pop culture. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, it's a couple of funny people making fun of stuff. And uh, on the latest episode, they sit down with the always hilarious Jason Manzukis. Oh, Lord. He we know so him from the FX show The League. Mm-hmm. We know him from his frequent uh, guest appearances on your, your comedy Bang Bangs, your How Did This Get Maids. Mm-hmm. He has got a you? great voice. Oh, he really does. Uh, just a beautiful voice. He's and he's incredibly funny. One of many amazing guests. They've got your, Lauren Lapkus, Paul F. Tompkins, Tim Baltz. Us! So, us! Dave us. Holmes. Just Matt a few McConkey. weeks ago, went went deep on uh, on on uh, on kidnap. Uh, yeah, we talked a lot about kidnap, which we have yet to see. I have not seen it. And uh, also, it, that movie I believe has yet to chart. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. It has come and gone. And until yeah. I'm on an airplane we, next, I'm not going to see it. I had an in-depth discussion about Aaron Carter. Yes, we did. Um, and uh, who, who could who could be a, a guest on Homophilia someday? Oh, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So fingers crossed. Uh, you, I would want him. I would want him in a separate studio here yeah, via satellite. Absolutely. I don't. I don't know that I could be in the same room. Um, but that's beside the point, guys. We're who here to charted? talk about who charted. Uh, listen to it here on Earwolf. It is a fantastic show. You can get it at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, the title is a uh, fart pun. I just got it. We ready? Oh my god. Hi Dave. Hi Matt. How are you? I'm good. Sometimes I just like to sing the words oh my god just to transition into a new moment. Sure. You know? Why not? It is fall. It is. It's a time of transition. We're all in our uh our plaids and our jean jackets and Yeah. We're sucking on lozenges. Uh yeah, at sorry, the beginning I'm of a show. Openly chewing a <laughs> Altoid small. Love it. Um how love are it. You? I'm good. I'm okay. It's September. Um, I, I started the day sending you a very important video that we needed to talk about on air. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm really – I feel powerless to describe it. I'm going to need you to – Well, I guess I, I need to urge the listeners to stop listening to this right now. Right now. <laughs> Hit pause, even if you're driving, and uh, go to YouTube and look up – it's called Three Second Rule, and it's a music video by uh, an artist named Lisa Allred. And I've done – this is a – a video that is played frequently in writers' rooms, and it's a music video uh, by a lovely woman. I, and I bring it up because I think she's very much in the spirit of Lisa, C. Lisa T. D from CT. Lisa D from CT, uh-huh. and she is, I believe, like a like a successful hairdresser in like Atlanta or that something. One hundred percent tracks. And then she decided to use her own funds to produce a music video that yeah. has become a sensation. It's really, it's really something. The production. This was your first incredible. time seeing it. It was my first time seeing it. What struck you the most? Well, um, I, I was just, you know, living with a uh, with a with a music uh, producer mm-hmm. and, and and composer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the <laughs> the vocals are mixed very high. Yeah, they really uh, are. and this is a woman who I would not call a singer. <laughs> no, uh, I think she's a personality first mm-hmm. and a singer, not even second. Yeah, but it's it's somewhere on the list. She, um, yeah, vocals are way up. Yeah, so that was aggressive. I felt assaulted by the vocal right away. 
she, I believe I also in my research learned that she, she took singing lessons from like her gay, basically, you know, like okay. one of her like regulars at the, the salon or something. Uh-huh. Was like, I think you've got a voice on you. I'm going to teach you to sing. Yeah. I've, I've seen two seasons of American Idol. I know what to tell you to do. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, you can tell that there are moments that she's holding out the notes and she's, she's really like proud of the way she did it. Uh-huh. And, but, uh, for the if, if you haven't seen it, and I hope you have, the, it's called Three Second Rule because it's about the three seconds that that she allows her man to look at another lady before time's up. Uh-huh. Don't, don't look anymore. <laughs> three so seconds. It's three seconds. It's okay. a three second rule. Uh, because as with food that falls to the ground, after three seconds, you start to attract germs. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that there's a much more common usage of yeah. three seconds. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, you can, it's very waiting for Guffman. I, I got a vibe of, uh, Parker Posey from waiting for Guffman all grown yeah. up. Yeah. And this is, she's finally, she hasn't given up on her dream. Yeah. This is finally what she puts out into the world. Can we actually play it in the background? Yeah. I would love yeah. To why hear not? That. Just to get a oh. flavor. Because it is very catchy. I mean, it's extremely catchy. It, and it is, uh, as many of these things are, it's quite charming. It really is. I mean, there's something nice about it. She's, um, she, there's a lot of like, first of all, she has an amazing, um, I, I don't know what you call it when you, you're, you're bleach blonde on top and there's a layer of just black hair, of jet black yeah, hair underneath. Right underneath. Here we go. There she Here is. Here, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Um, I, yeah, is that an ombre? Do we call that an ombre? It's not because there's no, no gradual uh, thing. It's just a. Sh- it's like if you if she lifted up the blonde into a ponytail, it would just be black strands uh-huh. underneath. Here we is. are. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Now, all, while this is happening, yeah. um, like the eight people who responded to the Craigslist ad uh-huh. uh, in white shirts, yep. blue jeans, cowboy hats yep. show up, tip their hats. Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. You can only look for three seconds, then look away. Then look out why. Mm. Are you familiar with this? It's your first time? Like the kind of rules you had in school. Uh-huh. <laughs> she's also, of course, there's a, a school teacher motif happening. Obviously, so she's oh, writing yeah. on the chalkboard. Sure. There's men in the in the classroom, and she's teaching them. Okay, and here she comes oh. on a on a Black Hawk helicopter. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. terrifying. The whole building just shook. I hope everything's okay. They'll tell us if we're not. Uh, yeah, there's. Uh, she's having she, a major incident right now. We might be having a major incident right now. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk, but I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> You're not. Okay. But that's okay. I'm scared too. Yeah, just in um, case we die before we get to the interview, we were happy to have yeah. your presence. Yeah, no, glad we had you for really a moment. Really uh, Yeah, there's an. A- she gets an apple. Mm-hmm. She uh, she she like. It's, you know, yep. she's got the, she whatever, the long her, stick of wood. Yep. Yeah. It's really beautiful. It's and so I'm so good. glad you brought it into my life. And I, I, yeah. you'll then discover all of her other hits. She has one called Coffee, Tea, or You and Me, I believe. Oh, and I so. uh, that's that's a, a moodier ballad. And sure. then she'll, she'll cover songs. So her cover of Adele's Hello is my new favorite. I did see a thumbnail for that, and I was afraid yeah. to click on it. She just simply I, reenacts the video. <laughs> Good for her. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah, she's definitely – she does well at the Fantastic Sam's in, uh, yep. you know, in rural Georgia yeah. maybe yep. somewhere. Yeah. I'm really hoping we can do for her what we've done for Lisa – 
I'm never going to get it. Lisa D from CT. Lisa D from CT. I I strain for it also. This reminded me of a thing that I got, like a a hole that I went down on YouTube a Mm -hmm. couple years ago, which is um, the scene that RuPaul came out of in the 80s in in Georgia uh, is fucking crazy. Like super interesting. Like all – I guess University of Georgia students, like all all queer, mm-hmm. and and like they they used like public access television to to just like get their vision out there. And there were a couple of bands that came out of it. Yes, there's a band called the Now Explosion that the RuPaul occasionally was in, and uh, I mean there was RuPaul himself. And then there were the Singing Peak Sisters, who most of whom were in, were were drag queens, mm-hmm. um, and they they were like a like a drag gospel group, like. Super duper kitschy and like visibly on acid yep. and just just really next level crazy. Yep. But there's a uh, there's a video. This is another thing. We'll post this on our on our Twitter at mm-hmm. Homophilia Pod. But that reminded me of Deandra Peake's cover of uh, What Is Love by Delight, which I sent to you, which was so powerful. It's truly powerful yep. and amazing. Can we can we D D E A U N D R A Peak. Yeah, all the what ways you love. think DeAndre would be spelled, it's not that. Mm-hmm. And we're getting yeah. uh, we're getting classic, um, you know, uh, public access vibes. Yes, and there's nothing more beautiful than a public access music video. No, well, there is something more beautiful than that, and that's one that's done in drag. Here, here we go. <laughs> Yay! I'm not saying it in a minute. Coming up, y'all are going to see my new song. It's called <laughs> What is Love by Daylight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This goes on for what feels like five minutes. It, just this. Yeah, it really, really goes on for a long time. Cueing Treat yourself the to the song. whole thing. All right, yeah. y'all, this is my new song. <laughs> what is love? It's by daylight. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes from there. Uh, if you remember this song by Delight, then what yeah. what is love? I think I know. That's what uh, we're here yeah. to talk about on this show. That, yeah, we're going we're gonna to discuss what love is. Um, uh, if you have been listening uh, to the last few episodes, you'll know, um, kind of the, kind of an, um, the way that New York is a character on Sex and the City, mm-hmm. James Vanderbeek's arms are a little bit of a character on this show. Forearms right? specifically. His, specifically his forearms. Yep. Uh, I, uh, I texted you in a, in a panic. Uh, oh my God, I can't last we week. talked about this. Yes. Uh, because I was five feet away from James Vanderbeek oh, in a short sleeve shirt. Uh, I really legitimately like, uh, like the little girl robot on uh, on Small Wonder. Uh-huh. I just like – I had like a short circuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know what the hell to do. I was truly – like I don't get starstruck. I got – I freaked out. I fully freaked and out. Like I had to remove myself from the situation. Was Ben with you while this he was, was happening? Not. No. Okay. So were you able to share this experience with anyone else besides – me? Um, yeah, a few people okay. via text and email. So they understood what this meant for you. What oh, the absolutely. Stakes were. Yeah, the stakes were incredibly high. I mean, we Beautiful in person. Of course. Unbelievable. And mm. you got a good look at them? I got a good arms? look at them, and they did not disappoint. Wow. Yeah. That's a that's an area that you really have to be genetically blessed with. I, it is. It doesn't matter if you have r- ropey ones. Mm-hmm. You can't do much about it. Forearms and calves. It's yeah. just a genetic situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's really what this show is all about. <laughs> forearms and forearms calves. And ca- Welcome back to Forearms and Calves <laughs> and Drag Queens of Old. We urged you desperately to talk to James, but you didn't this time. I didn't. I didn't feel right. He seemed like he was in a meeting. 
but you now know that you both, uh, I mean, not to brag on your behalf, mm-hmm. but are members of the Soho House. We can't talk about that. We what? can't talk about it. Are we not allowed to no, say that on the air? No, we of course can talk about it. We, we can. It's just and gross. So you're, a cent- you're part of the same social club. Sure. So I could bump into him again. Yeah, you're not some nobody. You're I'll be Dave ready next fucking time. Fucking homes. I'll be ready next time. All right, stay tuned, everybody, mm-hmm. and stay tuned for our, our amazing guest after this oh. break. Dave, happy Friday. Thanks. I mean, same to you. TGIF, but also, do you know what my favorite day is? Um, can I guess? Guess. Is it Thursday? It's Thursday. Mine too. Because there's something about Thursday where it's a day that's meant for for hard work, but it's also the official start of the week, the unofficial yeah. start of the weekend. Yeah, yeah, really. yeah. You go and you blow it out on a Thursday night. Yeah. Friday at work is kind of just whatever. Fuck Fridays. Yeah. I mean, if you get something done, great. Yeah. Good but, for you. It, but it, it's, you're not it's expected all, to. It hinges on what happens on those Thursdays, and so that's why you better get your right. Thursday boot. Yes, you better get a Thursday boot. Something that can that can uh, take you to work yep. and then take you out to happy hour afterwards. Yep. Something that is that is well made and yet versatile at the same time. We're talking about Thursday boots, which you can get at thursdayboots.com. They lever- they leverage the power of the web. They sell directly to you the consumer. Mm. They're made in the same North American manufacturing facilities as the brands that your father and your grandfather wore on their feet for two to three times the price. And that was a wow. long time ago. So it's probably like eight or nine times the price. Now. And, and I don't even like my dad, but he does have good taste in boots. Oh, man. I liked my dad, but he didn't really wear a whole lot of boots. So this does not exactly apply to us, but that's okay. And they've been featured in GQ, Men's Journal, all the publications to tell you what to buy. Also, Esquire. Esquire, which is a great magazine, but that's another story. Uh, they uh, they use great materials like Chrome Excel leather from the Horween Tannery in Chicago. If you really know your leathers, that's— And you know I do. Yep. Well, that's meaningful to you. You're just absolutely going to love Thursday boots. They start at 149 bucks. Oh. That includes free shipping and returns. Wow. They are just a great buy. Get yourself some boots for autumn. Yep. So step on uh, over to thursdayboots.com and use the code FREESHIP TODAY. That's the number two, FREESHIP TODAY. To have a pair on your doorstep by this Thursday. That is thursdayboots.com. Offer code free ship today. I have to tell you something. I am so legitimately real life yep. hooked on Strictly Business. This with is Derek and not an ad. It is an ad, but it also. Is. I would be saying it even if it weren't an ad. I know that to be true because before we started recording this ad, you said, I'm genuinely into this show. I love it so much. I was in the middle of episode four driving up here and I was a little bit late because I actually had to pull over for a moment and laugh out loud. Wow. Well it's worth it. so funny. Um, Drew Tarver, who is, uh, you certainly know him. If, yes. you, if you know Earwolf, he's on Bajillion Dollar Properties. He's been on Comedy Bang Bang a billion times. He has a character named Derek Contrera, who is a uh, former skateboarder mm-hmm. who's made you know a zillion and now he wants to be a titan in the world of business. Um, also, he's having a nervous breakdown <laughs> as it's happening. Sure. Um, it's so funny. It's a five-episode miniseries. Uh, all of your Earwolf favorites are on it. Like uh, who? Like Paul F. Tompkins, like uh, Mary Holland and Lauren Lapkus, who were some of the reasons why I had to pull over my car. Uh, <laughs> Scott Ackerman, uh, John Gabris, just yes. a, a billion great people. It's, uh, it's like a, a little reality 
podcast miniseries that is genuinely laugh out loud fun. I'm so excited to get into it. And I yep. just uh, got my Stitcher premium account going. So I'm going to be getting into Strictly Business. Do it. And the rest of you can get into it. Uh, and you can get a free month of Stitcher premium by going to stitcherpremium.com slash strictly business mm-hmm. and using the code homophilia. That's stitcherpremium.com slash strictly business and code homophilia. Oh, baby, our guest today. She's an uh, Emmy Award-winning writer, producer, comedian. She's nodding and smiling apologetically and going, <laughs> yeah, I have an Emmy. I'm sorry, yeah. but I do. You know, Hitting the but, exact right tone. <laughs> uh, it's Liz Feldman. Hi, Liz. guys. Thank, Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I really uh, I appreciate it, and I've really enjoyed listening to the other shows so far. Oh, so good. I'm thrilled to Thank be a you. part of this fine podcast. Please. What Wouldn't is, be complete without you. Oh, no, well, that's God, very no. kind. What is your three-second rule? (laughs) (laughs) What's my three-second rule? You know, I have to be honest. Like, I sort of get a kick out of my wife and enjoying other people. Really? Wow. Yeah, like, I don't – I maybe I trust her so implicitly, and it really doesn't happen very often. But, like, if – and it's usually somebody we agree on. Uh Our – I think our number one is J-Lo. Okay. Interesting. She can have as many seconds as she wants, Great. as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, and if she wants to walk me through that process, I'd be thrilled. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I really, um, she's, Rachel is a really like very trustworthy person. So I'm like, you, you, you go, girl. Uh-huh. Have That's as many great. seconds as you want. I'm a, I'm a, I've said this before, a jealous Petty bitch, basically, in my relationship. <laughs> so I'm not I, – I, there is no three – there's a zero-second rule. I, really? I pretend wow. all the time that neither of us are or have ever been attracted to other people. Yeah? Um, and I'd wow. like to keep it that way for as long – we're four years in, and uh, I've kept a, a clamp on that pretty well so far. I'd like to keep it that way. Wow. Yeah. Is this a sign of a healthy relationship? Um, I mean, well, I mean, listen, it's, it's a case kind of a I thing. I a little – Yeah. No, a little worried? No, I mean, it's – I think it's. I think. I think a little jealousy is healthy. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's like I. I. I think it. It's appreciated actually. You know, if if, you're, yeah. if your partner isn't jealous at all, then you're kind of like. I mean, you should be. You know, a little jealous. I mean, yeah. you should care a little. A little bit. Yeah. Like you know, I could. I could go rogue at any moment. You uh-huh. don't know. <laughs> um, so I think that's okay. I just think you have to be able to trust the person. Yeah. Too. Of course. Yeah. Sure. Well, I want to uh, ask a lot more intrusive questions about your marriage and your oh. past, but we should start small. I jumped ahead. <laughs> we should start with uh, on the pop culture front. Yeah. Anything you're obsessed with these days? What are you watching? I guess is the first question. What am I watching? I'm. Um, I I watch something I'm deeply ashamed to be watching. Release that shame. <laughs> Bachel- Free yourself from the shame. Uh, Bachelor in Paradise. Oh. There's no shame in it. I watch bit, it too. A little tiny bit of shame. I no. I I don't believe in guilt and pleasure together. If you like oh. it, like it. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, wow. it's such a liberating I, I, idea. That is a really liberating. Especially idea. especially if you have gone through the process of coming out of the closet. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, if you yeah, had yeah. to sit in front of your parents and tell them that you're gay. Yeah, that's a good point. Then I'm you know I'm not going to let somebody make me feel weird about watching yeah, Bachelor. I'm going to eat as much, watch as much fucking Bachelor as I want to. Yeah. Earn no, the right. it is a it is a great pleasure. Uh, but I do have it's a, it, there's a there's a touch of masochism in it because I uh-huh. kind of hate myself for watching it. Uh-huh. You know, but yet I watch it and 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 so into it. Are you caught up? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm finding this season to be too self-aware. Mm. It 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 is a little there's a campiness that yeah. is like it's resting on itself almost. And it I is. I know what you're saying. And 
Can you break down for us just the general premise? Because I know I know the premise of The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Okay. Of, course, of course, Bachelor in Paradise is multiple couples, and we're sort of mixing and matching. I mean, Bachelor mm-hmm. in Paradise is is essentially um, many of the throwaway rejects from uh, previous seasons oh, of Bachelor okay. and Bachelorette. I would call them contestants. <laughs> okay, sure. They have dignity. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. they they didn't win, yeah. but right. actually some. No, no. I feel like you're giving them just a little too much credit. But <laughs> no, I mean, some of them I'm, I'm sure are totally fine people. Mm-hmm. Um, they just didn't win, you know, okay. the the Bachelor or the Bachelorette, and they are all then thrust upon each other um, on an island. Not really on an island. It's it's the coast of like you know Puerto Vallarta. Uh-huh. Okay, and then they are sort of it's like a petri dish of hormones and heterosexual nonsense uh-huh. and they're given date cards and like they can sort of take anybody they want on a date who is willing and so there's a lot of like love triangles and right. quadrangles and then there's like always like a few sad people that like nobody wants yeah. which is really sad that's and a tough one that's that would be me yeah and it's like a, you're really watching it essentially to judge them in a, in a fairly constant Way. And there's yeah. not a competition element per se. There's not a there prize kind of to is. be. Is there? There kind of is. There has been in the past, I mean, right? I, I, it used to dwindle. Like there would be yes. more women than men, and the men would have the date cards or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Or, they, or the they'd have a rose. Roses, yeah, a rose yeah. to oh, give okay. a woman, and then a, a couple of the women would be eliminated because they didn't get a rose. Now – they're when still people are, they're still eliminated, but then new men and women are Show come up. in to replenish. So yes. yeah, there kind of isn't okay. really an end game, except that every season so far, someone has gotten engaged, right? And right. a couple have gotten married. That's true. Oh, well. One have a kid on the way. Yeah, I don't. They're the 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 couple that I Jade am least optimistic about. No, not Jaden Tanner. Um, no. Carly and Evan? Oh, Carly and Evan. They have a baby on the Oh, yes, they, they baby do. On the You're way. right. Yeah. You know, as I'm saying their names, I hate myself <laughs> I, more. I know. Yeah. I hear but don't. The names. I really, if you, <laughs> if you take Tanner. nothing else yeah. away from this experience, mm-hmm. just enjoy what you enjoy. Yeah. And you know what? In these dark times, uh, take something it where you as can get it. Take what foolish you can get. as Bachelor in Paradise, that it gives me joy. You know what? Yeah. yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Self-soothe anytime you can. It is very self The voice that's telling you not to like it is not your voice. You're right. You're so right. identify who it is. Yeah. Live your truth. Live your truth. It's my better self. But yeah. um, who do you think this season is actually a person with a soul? Really, really good question. Mm. Also very difficult. Mm. Yeah. Um, let me go through my Rolodex. Um, uh-huh. Who do I think actually has? I think Wells has a soul, but he's- See, really, I agree. Right? But is that because he's handsome? Well, they're all, I mean, yeah, you're right. They're not all handsome. Um, no. He, he seems like he's self-aware. Uh-huh. Uh, but in a good way, not in the mm. way that the show is self-aware, but he's self-aware. Um, I like that he's not like a muscly, super yes. like fitness guy. Yeah. They're all so fitnessy. That's what, they yeah. just go to this island and they work out and yeah. fuck each other. Pretty they work out, much. they drink, and they try to have sex. Try. I mean, how do, yes, there's so much drinking. And it's like you clearly the morning. Uh-huh. And it's like, you know, it's like 10 a.m. And uh-huh. they're ordering, you know, just – just tequila shots they're doing. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. Wells has a soul. And um, of the women, mm-hmm. I think it's Christina who has the soul. Which Christina? She's the sad, the sad orphan girl. <laughs> the sad orphan. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to be a sad orphan without a soul. No, that's true. Is she the one yeah. they referred to as 
Urchin Girl, or wasn't there one they nicknamed? Their nicknames one oh, of them. Oh, are you talking really about? I hate that I know this. Are you talking about Scallop Fingers? Scallop Fingers. Yeah. See, I scallop I fell fingers? asleep before Scallop Fingers. So there's. Why is she Scallop <laughs> yeah. Fingers? Well, it's it's pretty. It's not creative. She was eating scallops. Oh. Uh, and she was eating, and this is actually the the shameful part of it. She was eating to go scallops, like they oh. were in a doggy bag in someone's car. So she was eating car scallops, Oof. and Oof. she, I guess, was eating them with her fingers, and then like touched this other girl like on the shoulder, and then the other girl was like, oh, gross. <laughs> yeah. "You just touched me with scallops." But then they were calling her scallop fingers behind her back, which is not great. Don't do anything yeah. behind anyone's back. And last night she found out that they've yeah. been calling her. That's that. a tough name to follow I, you around. Yeah. I saw yeah. that tease, but I, I fell asleep before yeah. I had a chance to watch it. That's and that's what you're getting to. on a show like this. Yeah. Like, that's like one of the, the big um, plot twists of the episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a girl finds out she's been called scallop fingers. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, yeah, it's not good. I used to enjoy it just because there was – okay, when it was um, – oh, God, what was it? Before Bachelor in Paradise, there was the house – like the Bachelor House. Okay. Yeah. Remember I wasn't that? I wasn't in deep then. Okay. Yeah. This okay, you're gonna hate this. Oof, bring it. This is gonna it, this is gonna make the voice inside your head that tells you not to like this I franchise. Love it. yes. It's gonna make it holler at you. <laughs> oh god. Okay, I, I forget what it was called, but uh but there was a thing where former bachelor people were all in a house. Let's call it fuck house. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So Please. and by the way, let's also just name. pitch fuck house to Bought that for five seasons. Yeah. yeah. And well, fuck house Essentially was a show on the Playboy channel. We'll get to that later. Oh, okay. Um, Great. Okay. So one of the challenges uh, and in Fuck House uh, was the, um, the women were all um, blindfolded and stood by the pool facing away from the men. The men were given eggs and the men were told oh, to throw an egg at the head of mm. the woman they were least attracted to. <gasps> this – Sounds like yeah. a nightmare, a recurring yeah. nightmare that uh, that you would have and yeah. have to unpack in therapy. <laughs> yeah, and on TV. I wish that so, the, the oh people God. who are listening to this could see just like what I'm doing with yeah, my you're like, hand and my face. I, yeah. I'm like you're like are, a consumptive in, in are, life. <laughs> very. Yeah, I feel consumed. I don't. She had her is, hand pressed uh, in shock, but also gently to her forehead, as if yeah. trying to protect herself from an egg uh-huh. being thrown at her. Well, Which, I, no one, of course, no one, no one here is going to throw Come an on. egg at you. You're uh, so sweet. So they that all they all chose the same terrible. one. No, God. and and it was you know in fairness, it was a woman who was. I mean, maybe she got a bad edit, but she seemed like a terrible person. Okay. Um, and she was like a princess girl or something. She wore a tiara a bunch. Mm. Right. Do you remember like no, maybe I, an no, Erica? Or no, she had it coming is what you're saying. No, I don't think she had it coming, but it it, it definitely made it, it 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 made it less hard to watch because right. it was somebody who had, you had seen been be kind of unpleasant. Gotcha. But what you also saw as egg after egg mm. hit her on the back of the head mm. and like actual raw egg oh, dripped down her hair. Tears oh, coming God. from under no. I can't take it. the blindfold. No. They then reversed it on a later episode and had the women do it to the men. So okay. well, that's empowering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. So there's that, and that was that horrified me so completely that I was like, "Well, I'll never not watch this show." Wow. You've got. <laughs> wow, me. you went. I'll never not watch. Yes. This show from yeah. that. Okay, I feel like we learned something about Dave on that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we did. Well, I mean, I just think it's. I think it's fascinating. You know, I yeah. think it's fascinating how we find new lows. So, uh, <laughs> what what's the fuck house? The the actual show fuck house on. Okay. Thank you for asking that. Okay. It was a show called Foursome. 
and they would put four sexy singles uh-huh. in a house in Calabasas <laughs> for a weekend and just ply them with booze and then just like dumb games where it's like spin a wheel and it's like, oh, it landed on lick and some somebody's got to like, you know, lick someone else or whatever. So it was all like sex and then there'd be like a sexy dance you know, sexy samba day or oh. whatever, <laughs> and you and they would just like pray that these people would. Are Fuck, we doing right? two two men, two women always, or two men, combos? two women always? Okay. And, and uh, is there so, interplay between you know? Um, is there is there gay stuff that's never happening? any gay stuff? Oh, but there so are annoying. men that my you shoulders can tell. just dropped. I was yeah, hopeful. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of disappointment in this room. Now. There might have been a couple of ladies making out, but only but that's only not. to like turn the boys off. Yeah, right. It's less like Bachelor in Paradise. Like I'm like yeah. waiting. For like something gay to happen. Me too. I mean, you're putting all these people. It's 2017. Yes. Yeah. We're very like fluid people. Yes, now. we are. And you're young. You're drunk. You're hot. Yes. Yes. This moment. Yeah. Seriously, you just had a tequila shot. The sun just came up. Yeah. Honestly. Fuck somebody. Fuck yeah. somebody. Fuck someone of your gender. So okay. So that was foursome. Then Playboy Channel, like that, ran for five seasons. So then they repurposed it as foursome colon walk of shame and they recut the episodes and they had comedians pop up like on best week ever oh, and make jokes about the proceedings i was one of those comedians oh what an honor so yeah so like a couple times a month i would get the call they would send me uh, the episode and i would write jokes about people's genitals and i would go in and wow. deliver them. there and are was, worse ways to make a living you know what it was not bad that sounds like it was not bad game. yeah um what well, let's anyway, now enough about me gently <laughs> now, we're, now we're going deep on you yeah oh, let's segue okay. back into liz's real life fuckhouse. Mm-hmm. oh wow Wow. That's how, how long okay. have you been married? <laughs> um, I, we've been married for four years yeah. wow. uh, together for eight. Great, solid amount of time. A good yeah. amount. Of, like we know what we're getting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where'd yeah. you meet? We met at a barbecue. Nice. Um, my wife is Rachel Cantu, who is also a musician. So mm-hmm. I live with a music person as well. Yeah. Um, and we met at a barbecue where I was actually going to meet uh, Tegan Quinn of Tegan and Sarah. Mm-hmm. Not for romantic purposes, but I have a show um, on YouTube called This Just Out where I interview famous lesbians and women who are of interest to the lesbian community and I hit on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... I wanted Tegan to be on my show. And so my friend Ramey took me to this barbecue. And I think Rachel had brought Tegan to this barbecue, but I didn't know of this Rachel person. Um, and I was very on, as sometimes mm-hmm. you are when you're trying to, like, you know, get a person to come on your show. Uh-huh. And Tegan was sort of embroiled into her own kind of personal – I think she was having some of the girl trouble at the time. Um, and Rachel was, like, very funny and just very, like like – you know, any joke I made or, you know, tried to make, she was right there and she was very cute. And I'm like, who's this little redhead? It's uh-huh. like, you know. Um, and we ended up talking that night and it was a very comfortable conversation. We both had other people in our lives at the time, though. I see. So we were both dating other people. And then, you know, we became friends and we were friends for about eight months. And uh-huh. then it, it, it turned. How did it turn? Uh, well, it's it's. I'll, I'll tell you the real of it, which is which is maybe good for other people to hear because. So I, I had asked a friend of mine. I had been in a string of not great relationships, and really wanted to meet my person, and really wanted to be like a married lady, and wanted that stability. And my friend had recently met this guy, who was fantastic, but her last boyfriend had been like. Just the worst. Like he literally cheated on her with seventeen people. Wow. Like just the like, like nightmare scenario. But then she somehow met this like wonderful guy, and I asked her how she did it. Basically, how do you think you like changed your tune? Because you know you end up attracting the same yeah. kinds of people if you don't 
really think about what you're doing. And she said, well, you know, I started to visualize like how I wanted to feel with the person, not what they did for a living, not, you know, their background or any of the sort of superficial boxes that we tend to check off. I just started thinking about, well, how do I want this person to make me feel? And, you know, she said, then when I met Nick, I realized, oh, that's, this is what I've been visualizing. So I started to do that. Um, I had dated this woman who was a perfectly fine person and certainly checked lots of boxes. And just I forgot one box, which is um, that I should be able to uh, stand the person. Um, yeah. You couldn't stand that's her. That's a big one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't, didn't want to be around her. So that's important. And so I started <laughs> to think about like how I wanted to feel. And I started to try to, I, I do, I visualize a lot like with my career and just with all things. It's sort of my practice and it really works for me totally recommend it. Um, and I, and I sort of, you know, located some feelings inside that I wanted to try to find with mm-hmm. a person. And Rachel and I were just friends for, for a while. And literally one day we were, we were, she had slept over my house because she lived in Orange County. So sometimes she would crash on my couch and I woke up that morning and she was sitting there. My cat was sitting on her lap. Uh, and I, we started chatting and I literally felt like I got hit over the head with a frying pan or something. And like a voice in my head was like, this is how you wanted to feel. This wow. is it. You're feeling it right now. It's her. You love her. And oh I just was God. like, fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because we were friends. And yeah. she's a very grounded, very solid person with healthy boundaries. And I was like, well, fuck, now I'm going to like really hurt these boundaries and I'm going to freak her out. Uh-huh. And so I actually didn't say anything for a while. And now, How did you feel? At home. Yeah. I wow. felt like calm. I felt like myself. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It just felt, it felt like just so like simple. really simple. Like, you know, I think a lot of people look for bells and whistles and bells and whistles are great, but bells and whistles often fade. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for somebody that I felt that I could be perfectly myself with, that I felt like easy to be around. And I, I'm a very high strung I'm like a neurotic Jew. You know, I have a lot of anxiety. And Rachel is like like a like the calmest, coolest, like grew up on the beach, no neurosis. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's very it's a it's a really calming feeling to be around her. In fact, my when my mother met her for the first time, she said, I just feel so calm around her. Yeah. And I said, That's how I feel. Yeah. And I mean she's got a, other amazing qualities too, but those were the things that I sort of like honed in on where I was like, oh, this is – and she's funny and we have good – you know, we just get along really well. Um, and I like being around her. I could be around her forever. That was that feeling. Uh-huh. You know? So how did you make the transition after you had that realization? So I think, you know, it's funny. Like we're both a little bit behind our feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, like things are happening and you don't even realize they're happening. And so she was a little bit behind her feelings about it. But we were just always in touch and texting and like the texting would get, you know, more flirtatious or, you know, just a little bit more intimate. And then it was actually Valentine's Day and um, Valentine's Day 2009. And she was at her uncle's wedding, his third wedding on Valentine's Day, which is ballsy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They're now divorced. Um, (laughs) And uh, she was like sending me pictures of like her and her like little cousins, like playing with these like little girls. It was really sweet. And just staying in touch with me like Mm -hmm. throughout the wedding. And then she was like, oh, I had a show that night. It's an important, I I do improv. I'm Mm -hmm. a a real nerd. And Mm -hmm. I had a show that night. She's like, what if I were to come to your show? Now she's in like Temecula or something very far away. And I was like, well, yeah, that would be great. And she like somehow 
made it to my show. Wow. And yeah, like she must have driven, I tease her like 98 miles an hour. Uh-huh. And she usually crashed on my couch, but I actually had a friend crashing on my couch. So I said to her, like, just, you know, I have a friend, you know, sleeping over. And she said, oh, I'll, I'll sleep in your kitchen. And then I just sort of wrote back, yeah, we'll figure it out. Oh. Uh-huh. And at this point, bo- both uh, the current relationships have already ended? Oh, yes. You're both. Long, long okay. ended. And we spend a lot of time together at this point. Right. And, but, you know, I just, again, I was like just trying to find the right moment to break that boundary. Yeah. Because uh-huh. I didn't, I wanted to be respectful and I didn't want to freak her out. And so we were we were actually at Akbar after right. the show where dreams are made. Yeah. And um Akbar is a is a gay bar in in uh, on the east side of LA. Mm-hmm. And she we were talking about a friend of hers um who like was flirtatious with me and I said, "Well, you can tell her I have a crush on you." Yeah. Oh, did you get nervous saying that? I did. I did. I did get nervous. But at this point, like you feel the, you feel that there's something going on, even though, you know, she was shy. And she said, you know, that's funny that you say that because when I was at my uncle's wedding today, I, I kept thinking, I wish Liz was here. Yeah. Wow. And so, so it began. First kiss that night? First kiss that night. Mm-hmm. And you that at Akbar? Not at Akbar. No, okay. she's a classy lady. Uh-huh. Yeah. When you broke it all open with whoever, who knew the words, we'll figure it out, could be so hot and yeah. so loaded. We'll figure that's it out. Really, yes. That's, I didn't, yeah, I didn't mean it like that. I literally was like, Ugh, we'll figure it out. You know, like, <laughs> but yeah, I guess it sort of kind of worked. Very wow. flirty. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she's just the best. And then what was the decision to get engaged and get married? Well, you know, it's funny, like, in a sort of, I mean, that's a pretty slow start for lesbians, actually, uh-huh. like, you know, and, and um, thank you. I'm pretty proud of that. <laughs> and, but then as, as soon as we sort of realized, like, oh, this is a real thing, I think two weeks in, it was I love you, uh-huh. you know, and I think like a few months in, I was, it was the first time I was away from her and I was in New York and I was riding on the subway and I was listening to the De- Decemberists. And I think it might have been like Crane Wife or one of those songs. And I was like, all of a sudden I could imagine, I, I could just see us getting married. Like I saw her walking down the aisle. Oh my God. I saw her walking to me. I like felt the feelings that you would feel if you were so happy to be married to something, you know. Uh-huh. And I was like, holy shit, like it's been too, I can't. So I didn't tell her that for like a year and a half that I even had that thought. Because again, didn't want to freak her out. Sure. And uh, so I think it's something that evolved pretty, you know, naturally. And we, we, we probably within about a year and a half knew that we wanted to marry each other, but mm-hmm. it was not legal at the time. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, I don't know if it's because we're kind of both good girls, but like it, that really did stop us for a while. And it got to a certain point, you know, and I was already uh, maybe 34 at the time. And I was like, well, I'm fucking 34 years old. Like, who? I'm going to tell, like, I'm going to let somebody tell me I can't get married. That's ridiculous. So I decided that I was going to propose to her. And um, I did so in London. Uh, it's less romantic than it sounds because <laughs> we had flown <laughs> that night. And I was so nervous. Like, when you have a ring it like pierces a hole in your soul oh that you have this thing. And I never keep anything from her. And this was like such a big thing I was keeping from her. And it was like eating me up. I was so anxious about it. And I was going to wait till we got to Paris because we were going to do like London, Paris, Amsterdam. I said, oh, okay, I'm going to wait till we get to Paris. I'm going to do it. It's going to be so romantic. And my sister was like, yeah, you're freaking out. And you should just ask her as soon as you like land in London. Who says London isn't less or more romantic than Paris? Yeah. It's also less expected, yeah. you know? yeah. 
So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it when we land. And I'm doing the hotel room because she's a very private person. I knew she wouldn't want me to do it in public. So we get on the plane. We both take an Ambien. She's out like a little baby angel. I didn't sleep for a second. And I'm on not. a full-on Ambien, 11-hour oh flight. And I'm just sitting up straight, like just free, like <laughs> playing it over in my mind how I'm going to do it, what I'm going to say. We land. We get to the hotel. It's like 11 o'clock in the morning. And luckily, they gave us a room, even though it's like long before you're supposed to check in. And they upgraded us. Ooh. So we got into the room. And it was like this beautiful, beautiful room, the Soho Hotel in, in London. Just such a gorgeous hotel. And she went into the bathroom to like check out the bathroom. And I like rummaged through my things and to like get the ring that's like in a box and another box and a sock and like... She, like, came back into the bedroom and plopped on the bed, and I just was like, yeah, let's sit on the bed. Like, just so <laughs> awkward. And I, you know, just plopped in front of her and said uh -huh. some things. I have no idea what I said. I do not remember it. Uh -huh. And she was like, is this really – you're doing – is this really happening? You're doing this? And, and yeah. you were doing and that's it. What I, yeah, that's how it happened. That's so beautiful. Oh, thanks. And yeah. And then uh, was the, the, the real-life wedding, did it match up to your vis visualization of her walking down the aisle? It surpassed it. Did you do a full, uh, like a big wedding? So we again, it wasn't legal yet. So we right. went to New York to have a legal wedding, mm -hmm. and I'm from Brooklyn, and uh -huh. so we actually got married in my brother's house in Brooklyn, like with a you know justice of the peace kind of lady, and it was really sweet. And my nephews, you know, were the ring bearers, and and we just had a few close friends, and it was really lovely. I cried so much during the vows that I'm so grateful that we had such a small thing mm -hmm. and that we did that first because it was the ugliest. Like, like just, just the, whatever you can just think of me and think like the most embarrassing version of a cry. Uh -huh. That's what it was. Like I literally was like, I <laughs> it was like, it was a moment I had been waiting for for so long and I just, it was really, really embarrassing. And, um, and so we did that. And then a month later we had like a real wedding in our backyard uh -huh. and like really did it. And it was beautiful and and we have a very, like, lots of nice trees back there. And it was just perfect. Nice. Oh, God. I just feel bliss. I know. <laughs> I just I'm feel in love with this Rachel. And I yeah, really I know. Her. You guys yeah. really like her. All She's right. Well, great. we need to make that happen. So Post haste. Oh, before Rachel. Yes. <laughs> what was, I mean, what's your coming out story? I mean, let's oh, go back. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're, you, you do seem to overthink. What? Yeah. So I'm just curious as to Damn. how you came to trust yourself enough to... Uh, I didn't. I was dragged out of the closet. Tell me everything. Okay. So this is a story I have told many times. So for anybody who's listening, who's heard this many times, like just, you know, sorry. Listen to it again. Um, so, so when I was 17, um, I had only kissed one girl. I had liked it. And I wanted to do it again. But uh -huh. that was my limited experience. And my mother uh, is a very f interesting, funny character. And she thinks a little bit that she's psychic. I think that she uh, read my journal. <laughs> <laughs> so one day I came home from sleeping over a friend's house who was just a friend. Uh -huh. And um, she, my, I came home. My mom said, there's a letter on your bed. I'm like, that's weird. I'm 17. Like, I don't get mail. Yeah. And she's like, it's from me. And I was like, fuck. Oh, Fuck, 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 fuck. So I just was going over all the bad things I had done with mm -hmm. my friend the night before, which was not like kissing or having sex. It was like smoking, smoking pot, uh -huh. maybe doing acid. I don't know. Like I, yeah, you know, yeah. I was like doing that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm from New York City. That's yeah. what you have to do when you're a teenager there. Right. And I was like, okay. And I'm like coming up with excuses for all the different things I think she might have caught me do. 
And then she's like, we were on my way to, we were about to drive to like my SAT tutor. Uh-huh. And <sighs> I still did not do well on my SATs, by the way, but no. that's okay. Another story. And um, There's a lot on your mind. There's a lot going on. And so she's like, I want you to read the letter in the car in front of me. <laughs> oh my God. Out loud? No, luckily okay. she didn't make me read it out loud. So we get in the car. And also, like, what you need to know is that I was 17. The only thing I really cared about was driving. I wanted to – I had a license. My parents never let me drive. And I was supposed to drive the car to the SAT tutor. But now she's, like, making me sit in the passenger seat, read this whatever fucking letter it is. So I sit down. It's raining. I take it out. And it's actually two poems. It's not a letter at all. And the first poem is a daughter talking to her mother. And my mother – is a poet and I, she, just for the, for the listener, there were air quotes. No, she's a poet. She's a, cause she might listen to this and mm-hmm. I, she is a poet at the time. All her poems rhymed. Okay. Okay. She has since evolved and become, she's grown, you know, yeah, a much, uh-huh. a much more complex. And this was the network version of a poem. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Great way to put it. So the first poem is the daughter talking to the mother and it was like something to the tune of like, I don't know what to say when a girl walks by my way. I think I might be gay. Oh, this is really on the nose. A little on the nose, but she wanted to be clear. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. And don't I was like, fancy imagery. Mm-hmm. I was so taken aback. Like, I did not see this coming. Also, I was not ready to make any proclamations about myself. I had kissed one girl, and I really liked boys up until that point. Uh-huh. I, I thought I liked boys and a girl for all I knew. Mm-hmm. Maybe somewhere deep, I knew. The truth, but I wasn't certainly ready to talk about it. And then the second poem was a was the mother talking to the daughter, and it was again it rhymed, mm-hmm. and it was like something like, "It's okay, have no doubt, we'll figure it out." Oh. And like, oh. We'll figure it you. out is a motif in your life. Oh, just FYI. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, Dave, that's your really book title. <gasps> we'll figure it out. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. Um, that's, ooh, I'm like throwing that away. Okay. So, <laughs> She's texting her agent. We got to. Well, it's called, it's called, we'll figure it out. And uh, I don't know what it is. We'll figure it out. Um, so yeah, so, so it was very sweet, but I was very ill prepared for the moment. Yeah. And so all I could do was uh, turn to my mother and use an SAT word. And I said, you're very perceptive. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. And then mm-hmm. she started crying and, you know, to give you context, it's 1994 mm-hmm. at this point. This is three years before Ellen came out. Like, it was not – it was a very different time. It was. My mother was worried I was going to get AIDS. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Because, was that in the poem or that came It out wasn't in the poem, <laughs> um, which is weird because a lot of things rhyme with AIDS. But, um, <laughs> it's really true. Yeah. But she was concerned about, like, STDs and stuff sure. like that, which is so – you know, not the point. Right. And, and I wasn't sexually active with girls. Um, and so I just, all I could think to say beyond that was like, please don't tell dad. Because my father was very homophobic at the time. Mm. Like pronounced homophobe. Yeah. Remember him saying that it's like a mental disease. And like, he's a, he's, my dad is now 80. So he's like from a other gender. Yeah. He's a, he's sure. an old dude. And um, so I just was like, please don't tell my dad. And uh, so, of course, that night my father comes up to me and he's like, your mother says you've been having some questions about your sexuality. And I was like, fuck. Oh, God. How did you feel in that moment? Like I wanted to die. Sure. Oh, oh yeah. God. Like it just how – but but I'm when I look back at myself at that age, I'm really like blown away by the composure that I somehow had. I was like uh, – I don't know if it's like – 
you know, certain animals like play dead or they get really calm Mm -hmm. when they're under duress instead of, you know, the fight or flight thing. And I think I had something like that in me because I went to a place where I was like, well, I'm caught. So like, what am I going to, all right, well, all I could do was be like really honest at that point. So I said, yeah, you know, yeah, I have. And he was like, you know, he was very upset. And he said, like, I want you to see a psychiatrist. Oh, wow. And I said, okay, but I won't go unless you come with me. Mm-hmm. Um, Smart. Great answer. And he was like, you know, and, and my mother had been trying to get him into therapy for years. So she was thrilled about this. So we all went to a therapist and we did like the, th- the, the thing all together. And she's like, what's the problem? And again, I was like very calm. And I just said, yeah, I don't think there's a problem. <laughs> like I, I didn't choose to say any of this. Like my mother chose to ask me these questions and I don't really know. I'm not sure. I'm not ready to say here's a label that I, you know, adhere to. And, you know, my parents talked about their fears and it was so typical. Like, Mm -hmm. did we do something wrong? You know, is it our fault? What can we do? That kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then literally – she gave me – then we all met uh, with the therapist on our own and she gave me like a psychological exam. And then we all met back together and she said I was the most mentally stable teenager she had ever had in her office and that I didn't need therapy, but she recommended that they stay on. Uh-huh. Wow. And did they? And then that day, we, as we're walking out of the therapist's office, um, my, mom hands my, dad's, uh, my, dad, my mom hands my dad the keys to the car and he gives them to me. And that is the first time my parents ever let me drive the car. Wow. This is, I, this is a beautiful story. Thank you. This is a beautiful story. I can't wait to see it on a screen of some <laughs> Well, time. you know, oh. my sister and I made a short film called My First Time Driving, which uh-huh. was based on this story. And uh, we have always talked about doing like a, a full-length We need a feature driving. called We'll Figure It Out. Well, yeah. Nice. Exactly. It's figure exactly it right. out. moving. Yeah. So this is how it's going with your family. Yes. How how out or in or whatever were you with your friends? You know, it's funny that you asked that because um, I recently went on a trip with one of my friends from high school who I said, you know, and this was just last weekend, and I said, was I out to you? Like, because I don't remember. And she said, yeah, like, I guess after that summer that I had met that girl and we made out and I liked her, I guess I came out to certain friends, but like privately, not in a public way in my high school. Nobody was out. There was not one gay person out in my Mm -hmm. high school. I went to a very small private school in Brooklyn, uh, conservative, you know, not, nobody was gay. And I mean, in retrospect, I'm sure a lot of people do that I was, but um, I came out slowly to like one person at a time. And then I was so lucky because when I went to college, I went to college with my friend um, Dan Fogler, who's an actor now, uh-huh. and he went to BU, and he also went to college with the girl I made out with that summer. Uh-huh. And so because they both went to school together, everybody knew about me, and I went to school there. It was at BU. And so I didn't have to come out because everybody already knew who I was. Wow. Oh, that's that's helpful. It was really helpful. A lot helpful. of people are kind of doing the work for the heavy lifting for you. You know, that, is a, that is a theme of my life for sure. Because I'm the youngest of three. I'm like, there's definitely a theme in my life of people doing heavy lifting for me. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you just get to sit back and tell stories about them in kind the future. Of, yeah. 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 So they're Love opening that. those doorways and then you're just dancing on through. Yeah. Uh, Liz, what are you doing now? What are you working on now, Liz? Okay. Um, so I still do my talk show called This Just Out mm-hmm. on YouTube. Do you still hit on the guests, even though you're a married lady now? Well, you know, the, the, that's a really good question. I would say I find something 
I find a fun angle mm-hmm. with every guest. And yeah, there's definitely a, a good amount of flirtation that happens. And Rachel is loves it. It's she, again, the three second rule. Yes. That, more I, of a three minute rule. She a, could you know. not be less jealous. The right. only, you know, the only people she becomes jealous of is like, like I love Rose Byrne like that. She's like uh-huh. my number one. Wow. And, but I don't get a hall pass. Oh, wow. Because Rachel's like, it's just too possible that you could actually meet her. Right. You know, and I'm like, yeah, but then you're like supposing that she'd be like, well, that was filming. Let me tell you <laughs> something. I've never put a pussy in my face, but I'd put that <laughs> one in there. Like, uh, night's the night. It's a lot. Like, she, you know, it's a big conclusion to jump to. It's but, a great Rose Byrne impression, by the way. Like, thank spot you. On. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've worked on it. So, uh, but yeah, so it's, 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 she's not a jealous person, but she also has her limitations in terms of what she'll let me, uh-huh. you know, do. Great. So we're gonna we're gonna check out uh, your beautiful web series. Are we gonna see you on stage in town anytime yeah, soon? Yeah, you know, I perform regularly at the Groundlings. Uh, I perform in a show called The Gale, which is so fun. Oh, oh yeah. I have to see that show. We're, we're, Everyone this I Monday, love is in show. I don't know if if that I don't know. The when Gale this comes is out. a who's who of of, uh, of, LA's of gays. gayest it's, and finest. It's yes. your Drew Drogi. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's your it's your Drew Drogi, Sam Pancake, uh-huh. um, Fortune Feimster, uh-huh. myself. Chris Eckert, Jimmy Fowley, Navarro Starson. There's a great, it's so funny. Um, it's so funny that I don't even like need to participate. I do, but I could just stand on the sidelines and, and, and laugh. Um, <laughs> I, yes, I don't do stand up anymore, really. I'm sort of retired from that, but I do uh, do shows at the Groundlings still, and it's super fun. We might have to do a, a class field trip and go see the Gale. No question. Yeah. No question. Liz, thank you so much. Thank Liz, you guys so much. Guest. Thank you. God, you guys. made me feel good inside. Oh, yeah. thank you. This is you. the way I'm supposed to feel. <gasps> no. Yes. Yes. All good vibes. Awesome. You're the best. Thank you, Liz Feldman. Thanks, mm-hmm. guys. And thank you, listeners. Uh, yes, and thank you, everybody at Earwolf. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Ben Wise, for the music. And thank you, Dave Holmes. Thank you, man. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. What is up? This is Andrew T, host of the Yo's This Racist podcast. If you need help dealing with your racist family, your racist coworkers, uh, this is the podcast for you. Yes, even white people. This week, check out my episode with Brett Gelman and Janixa Bravo. They made a great movie called Lemon. Yeah. I hate yeah. being in like white spaces where the hip hop is playing super loud, and I'm like, I'm the only person of color here, and I know there's some, yeah. I know there's some browns in the kitchen. Yeah. So it's like if your front of the house is all white, you don't get hip hop. Listen to Yoza's Racist on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Peace. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> 
Rachel Bloom. You want to see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.